Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Grand Blitz, right here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeart, episode 368, Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to have two hours jam-packed, plus we are going to have the WNFC uh, MVP of 2009, the inaugural season, Sean Gore, to talk about the 2021 excitement coming up here for the WNFC season in about 30 days from today. We're also going to have Chelsea Alt in a little bit here to talk about NFL and the return of the Hall of Famer, Holly Custis. Also, we're talking NFL as well. And then we're going to talk LNFA Feminina Week 6, the uh, last week of the season, plus the semifinals that are going to be coming up. And we're going to dive into the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. So let's uh, bring in the Hall of Famer here in the house. Uh, Holly, uh, how you feeling? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? I thought you'd be sore by now. Uh, Mac was a little sore. Yeah, definitely, definitely sore. You know, it's been, what, like a year and a half or so, Um, but not too bad, not too bad. But definitely it was, it was awesome to knock off the rust and and get back on the field. Yeah, I saw some of the highlights from all the other, um, all the other players and stuff like that. So I was wondering if, uh, you know, you were having the same effect everybody else did. It's just a, you know, it's a scrimmage, but it's kind of like a, a official practice practice, right? Yeah, it was basically uh, we had a, a, I would call it a preseason game, so you had refs and everything there. Um, and so I, I think they might have had a running clock in the second half. Um, but other than that, it was pretty much game mode for us. And uh, definitely, you know, I think it's very um, important if you can get a preseason game in, especially for the rookies. So you kind of figure out <clears throat> where your strengths are, where, where you need to, you know, put some more work in, and the rookies kind of get their feet underneath them and understand what full games look like and the contact, and now they know what to expect going into the regular season. So I think it's really beneficial. I know it's tough right now for a lot of teams in a lot of states because of covid so that's probably why you're not seeing as many preseason games as normal. Um, but I definitely think it's beneficial. Yeah, I think it was nice to have at least that type of, uh, you know, action because I don't think we even have it normally. And it's nice that, you know, uh, both leagues are kind of in partnership for that. And I think that was nice to see, oh. you know, a WFM team versus a WNFC team just to get, like you said, kind of like that kickstart. Oh, definitely. I, I think, you know, um, in the years that I've played, I've seen it done different ways. I've 
I've gone through seasons where we haven't had preseason games. I've gone through seasons where we do. I've Sometimes I've been involved where we have some sort of like a round-robin situation where you have a couple teams involved. Uh, but uh, any way you look at it, it, you get to a certain point of the season before the game start where you're kind of tired of hitting your own teammates over and over again and you're ready to hit somebody else. And so, you know, that's why it's another reason why it's very beneficial to get that uh, preseason, um, you know, competition in there. Um, but I was, you know, very, very happy overall with our performance. I think our um, young players did really well, and uh, we were very thankful that, uh, uh, you know, the Thundercats were willing to play and they were, you know, uh, tre- tremendous team as well, and I just think overall, you know, from what I saw of the other preseason games, I think everyone's really excited because even though it's preseason, we haven't seen anything happen in like a year and a half. So I think definitely a hunger and a thirst for that type of action. Um, if, you, if you're playing in it or you're watching it, I think everybody's ready for it to be back. All right. Uh, so your addition to the Falcons is just kind of like okay. So we get another heavy hitter, which they probably didn't need. But if you compare them to the champs, then I guess you're just a, a bonus addition with a with a you know a strike mode, which they will need if you get to that last stage of the season, right? So I guess uh, in a sense, your signing is very beneficial to Utah. Oh, I think um, I think it's beneficial both ways. I think. The culture in Utah is something that I've really taken to. I mean, ever so it kind of got like, um, um, you know, a mini start during the COVID year that didn't happen. So that was great for me to get kind of acclimated to their systems and their themes and their philosophies. And then we got to restart it for this year. And I've just been open with welcome arms there. They're just so nice. And the coaches are really awesome and they're fair but firm they ask a lot of us you know and I've really worked hard it's it's tough to commute I know there's quite a few players out there that do commute but you have to really try to work hard to stay engaged when you can't be there all the time and so the players have been very helpful the coaches have been very helpful I'm always texting and saying hey what happened at practice what did I miss you know and uh, so I've, I've been very very happy um, you know, being a part of this team. And I think, you know, our goal is always going to be to get to the, the very top. You know, it's always going to be challenging, but that that's what we're always looking towards. So I'm excited to play, and I'm excited to see how far we can go. All right. Um, so, Holly, let's uh, bring in the uh, co-host that was filling in for you and uh, going forward is going to be here with us full-time, which is the WFA champion uh, Chelsea Alt of the New York Wolves. Hey, Chelsea, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? How are you doing? We got the Hall of Famer back this week, so uh, a little a little banged up, but uh, good to go and waiting for the 30-day kickoff here. Awesome. I love to hear it. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, how are you? Good, good. I'm glad that you guys um, are joining the crew. This is really exciting to see the the podcast kind of grow like this. I think it's awesome. Absolutely, and I love seeing you with the Falcons. Oh yeah, I think it's 
I'm, I'm really excited for this season. I think, every, you know, we were talking about that uh, just a minute ago, how we're all just, it's been so long. And it was kind of weird being on the field and being like, oh, yeah, like, I remember what this feels like. And it felt like 10 years ago, even though it was, it was just like a year and a half. But I'm excited just to play. I bet. And I'm jealous that you get to play. Oh, Don't worry, Holly. She'll me? play soon. Yeah, she said she's jealous because you're oh, playing this year. Oh yeah, you know it, it's one of those things that uh, I think uh, anybody and everybody that can play is excited for this season. So um, if you're not able to play, then then I'm definitely sorry. I will I'll go <laughs> out and get a couple tackles for you. Yes, please do that. I'll be watching. That's for sure. Okay. I'll be like, that's for Chelsea. <laughs> and yeah, they'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to uh, – Holly, you're going to have to you're gonna have to point that finger at the Vire network when they get you on the, on, on the actual capture on the uh, scene. You know, you're going to have to say, for Chelsea Holt right here. <laughs> we need like a <laughs> – Yeah, I could signal. do that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to – what do they call it, Wired, you know, the uh, NFL Wired, you know, when they get you on the mic and everything. Hopefully that will happen on – Oh, yeah, on the wire you're wired up. You're all mic'd up. That would be oh, awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. That's definitely yeah, something I they should do. Yeah, I hope that's going to happen. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, did you guys that. get to watch that yet? Uh, I got to watch uh, the the first episode. Uh, so for the fans that uh, don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to Vire, uh, watch Vire app. It's on the uh, for WNFC season. And they're doing like a, a kind of like a hard knocks light for all the teams. So you got to see the Atlanta Phoenix, uh, you know, the, from their beginnings to now and the evolution of the, you know, the tradition of the Atlanta Phoenix up to now. So I thought it was really, really nicely done. So if you haven't caught it, you can go to Google Play or the Apple Store and you can download Vire, uh, the Vire app and you get it right there. You also get to uh, uh, watch the Nine Cup, re- replay of the Nine Cup. So I don't know if you guys have gotten there yet, no. But if for the fans there, watch it. You get to relive the nine cup. That's awesome. I haven't checked it out yet, but I definitely need to. So I think Holly, we need. Uh, no, not yet. But now, now okay. I, I remember hearing about that. But now I'm going to definitely check it out. I, I think the more content like this we can get the better. And so I'm excited that uh, we're able to see some of this, um, you know, happen where we see some of the the content that you would see with uh, college or NFL because the more exposure we can get, the better. So I will definitely check that out. I I like the fact, uh, I talked to Odessa a while back before this was rolled out. Um, So you guys pretty much know we Chelsea me and her talked about last week about you know before and Holly you've known this for a long time you know we had shoddy YouTube or as Chelsea alluded to we had you know huddle and that's all we had so we didn't really have like a real programming type of awareness and so I, I really am impressed with WNFC leadership of trying to uh, spotlight each team and kind of give us an kind of like a an overview of the tradition or the history of the teams in the community and, and, and what they bring now to, you know, to the league in itself. Um, so Atlanta, Atlanta's really uh, one of the 
you know, I think pioneer teams, right, uh, in that sense. Uh, uh, Holly, if you go back in history, I mean, they've been here since, what, before 2009 and different leagues, and then within the IWFL and obviously the WFA and and now currently in the WNFC. So I think the, the, the history part of it, uh, how it's rooted, you know, it's kind of like uh, when we talk about Green Bay, right, or Chicago, or we talk about those NFL teams, uh, this is kind of like what we need to build to bring awareness to fans, you know? Yeah, you know, um, I remember, oh, a few years ago, <clears throat> my my mom was telling me, you know, this, some of the very same stuff of like, you guys, the next evolution is to get that kind of production. Because if you think about it, when you're watching an NFL game, you're not watching the game film, the game film like wide view version that a lot of teams are probably going to analyze later. You're you're getting a production. You're getting different camera camera angles. And if you've ever watched, um, uh, if you haven't, I would encourage you to go on YouTube and look up some of like the um, you know the backroom. Um, uh, type of uh, stuff that happens in order to make this production happen. So you, you, they have all the trucks, and then they have somebody that's literally saying, this camera, this camera, this camera, and that's what you end up seeing on your TV at home. It's a whole production. And so if we can get more of that, it just makes the game that much more appealing to a greater mass of people. Chelsea, do you think every player now or – uh, do you think we're at a stage now where, like yourself and other players in the league, since we're getting more visibility, do you really think now uh, their attitude is we have to really be very entertaining? You know, especially now that we're going to have television access, we're going to have live games, uh, you know, prevent the blowouts, prevent the th- those kind of matchups, right? Because we, if we want to be on the map, we have to have competitive football, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think it just adds – you just got a lot more people watching. I mean, it kind of adds. I don't know about you guys, but when I step on that field and I know that I have fans in the stands, I'm trying to show out. So I think knowing that you're on these big TV stations, like that just adds a different dynamic and makes you want to ball out harder. Polly, you've seen that reaction with the Nine Cup, you know, in the inaugural season. I really think that was the – uh, kind of an exciting for the WNFC because it was year one and you got big sponsors coming in. But the fact that we had the two best teams at the time head to head in a competition, you know, the Falcons record unprecedented under Rasmussen. And then you had Odessa and the elite Spartans. So, I mean, to me, that was high caliber football, but at the same time, it was you're showcasing the two best teams in that league clashing in the end. Yeah, you, you know, um, it's it's that way with with every league. You you want the the product to be exciting on the field, and so for a long, long time, our sport has, you know, had problems um, uh, at times with like maybe uh, certain teams didn't have the numbers and they had to forfeit, or there were. Um, a few teams that were really good that were just destroying everybody else and stuff like that. But I think in my perspective in um, the last couple of years here, I think the addition of the WNFC has made the WFA also step their, their end up as well 
And that competition between those two leagues has produced better football on the field. And I think the players are getting better. The coaches are getting better. I think if you, the biggest, one of the biggest, I think, um, Achilles heels for the sport has been a lot of um, player turnover, you know, uh, players moving around a lot. And that's going to happen regardless because life happens. And But I think if you can get more consistency um, throughout the individual teams and that a team stays around a few years and they don't go under after a year or two, then they're naturally going to progressively get better. And I think when you have this sort of attention, um, Chelsea's right, it does make you step your, your game up. It does make you work harder because you're like, wow, this is no longer just us in like a backyard setting. This is a bigger deal. I need to take this more seriously. And um, I remember early in my career, I always struggled with the fact that I was always at every practice and I couldn't understand why some people didn't treat it that way. And, and, and I learned early in my career, everybody's motivated by different things. And, you know, people like Chelsea and I were probably motivated because we wanted to be, you know, the best players that we could be. But other people, they have different motivations. So I think when you have more attention, that uh, evens out a little bit. And you're going to have some of the people that might have not taken it as seriously. Now they're going to take it more seriously. And so I think it, it's a win-win-win for everybody and so I'm excited to see what happens in the future. All right. On that note, let's go into the monkey knife huddle and let's bring in the 2019 WNFC champion and MVP. It's John Gore here in a minute. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation to the way we perform, to the way we shine, expect greatness. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall, we kill, we eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast. Play for each other. That's it. Let's go get it. Here we go. Four, two, three, four, three, four, three, four, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, eight, seven, eight, eight, seven, eight, 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 Oscar Lopez, and WFA champion Chelsea Alt. Hey, thanks for having me. What's up, everybody? Rashawn, uh, what, an, what an anticipation for 30 days from today. And there's a couple teams that we were just talking about, how everybody's having scrimmages and hitting other teams. So um, how excited are you in anticipation for this 20-something days now until we get, get ready to roll, as they say? Man, it's been a long time coming, so of course everybody's ready to go. Um, when you guys were talking about other teams that were scrimmaging, we had one set up, but it, it fell through. I saw people posting about their scrimmage, like the Utah Falcons and stuff, but I didn't see who they scrimmaged. I was curious who they scrimmaged. Uh, Holly, you were guys scrimmaging the Rocky Mountain uh, Thundercats, right? Correct, yes. Hey, Dora, what's up? What's up? How are you? Pretty good. Long time. Uh, excited, uh, excited uh, that we're back on the field. But yeah, we uh, we played the um, the Rocky Mountain Thundercats uh, in Colorado Springs, and then we played on this uh, blue turf. It was kind of like the Boise State turf, <laughs> so that was kind mm-hmm. of fun. 
but yeah, it was a great time. And like you said, I think everybody is just really excited to be back on the field. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was a cross league uh, matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things that I think everybody is trying to get as many scrimmages and games in as possible. Um, and, uh, they were one in the play and we were one in the play. So we showed up in Colorado Springs and it's the first time I've been out there. It's really pretty. Um, but it was, a, it was a great opportunity for us to, to knock off the rust and get the rookies some, uh, playing time and, and, and try to get us, uh, geared up and ready to go for the season. Yeah, that's what that's what scrimmages are good for. I mean, see where you're, where you need to improve and what you're good at, and and kind of set some things up for actual game time. So, I mean, it sucks that we couldn't get a scrimmage in, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. We'll have to roll in how we got to roll in. I think you guys will be just fine. <laughs> we assume hey, they'll man, be fine. We are, you, you never want to think <laughs> that you're just too, you know, too good and 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 get, you know, chin check. So we don't, we don't come in with that type of uh, mindset. We're always humble and we, we still, we grind like we're second. Like I've, I've said that before. Rashawn, um, what are you, uh, are you excited? You're going to be on Vire Network. You're going to be uh, front and center. Uh, you're the target technically for everybody else, the benchmark. Uh, everybody's coming hungry. They got a year off. Everybody probably more fundamentally sound than ever before. So uh, I don't know. Are you are you ready for this? Okay. So I know I said I was humble, but I, I'm also <laughs> I'm balancing a little bit of cockiness. Like I got it still out of you right in the work, You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> kind of struck a nerve, but no. Uh, yeah, I think people forgot. You know, it's been a year. It's been a long time, so we got to remind them. So of course we're we're definitely ready to go. It's been a long time and. Everybody's anxious to get back out there. Um, as far as having the target on the back on our backs, we were prepared going in last year. You know, we want to we want to repeat and we want to repeat, um, but that just makes us work even harder. So uh, this year off has definitely lit a fuel under our tails, and so we're we're just hungrier than ever. Um, so, and I know I, I saw some people going back and forth on on one of our lives, so I know that you know. Everybody's got their chest puffed out, which I like that. You know, you don't want to go up against people that are, that are scared. So I, I like the competition. I like the, the trash talk and all that. Bring it on. Hey, I, I can tell you the, the bandits are looking for you from what I hear on the versus battle. everybody's looking for us. <laughs> everybody's looking for us. Yeah, your girl, your girl Bell, Victoria Bell, she, she was not, she's not backing down. She's like, bring the lumber and get it ready. Yeah, I mean, everybody on our team has that mindset. So, you know, hey, if you're going to challenge one of us, you're going to challenge all of us. That's how it is. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be really awesome. Um, Rashawn, what, what do you think of now of year two of WNFC coming into this within 30 days? You got more visibility. Uh, you know, you got an opportunity here to kind of like elevate the elevate the brand even bigger. Uh, you added East Coast teams that uh, are relevant, you know, the Prodigy, the fan, uh, the Phantoms. You added uh, the Mississippi Panthers. So there's, there's a lot of uh, challenges on the East Coast that we didn't have in year one. Alabama's improved. You know, Atlanta's improved. Um, so there's a, there's a lot more, in other words, to put together. Mm-hmm. In terms um, of, I like, think, the scope uh, of the league. As long as we, we – 
like, so you see that our brand, our, our league brand is, like, uniformed and we're all outfitted in Adidas and we're very visible on social media and things like that. So as long as we keep pushing and we, we're pushing it all in the same direction, um, I think that that's what's going to get us to the next level. Like, everybody's on board. We're all, we're all trying to get, you know, seen and, and, like, and those sponsors and those things like that to grow the sport, not just for us, but for, you know, the younger ladies coming in. So, um, I mean, every, and then, and once you're out of the sport, you know, you have people coming back to the game. So we have coaches and things like that. So everybody's invested on every level, you know what I mean? So I think we have this focus, we have a goal that we're trying to obtain and we're all working towards that. And I think that as long as we're persistent and keep persevering, then it can only go, keep going. You know what I mean? Rashawn, you were part of a legendary franchise back in the day, no longer exist, and you've, you've been part of a lot of franchises, you know, in your career. Um, so if you look back now to where we're, from the back where you started to where you're at now, we have, we have made uh, probably amazing strides, right, things that we would have never thought we'd get here even probably we thought it would be another 10 years before we get here, right, but now we're here. Uh, yeah, I would say so, for sure. Um, so I've, we've come a long way, and we still have a long way to go. So, I mean, every every phase has been a building block, you know? So we're we're here now doing what we're doing, and we're, we're continuing to push on. So the work is definitely not done. All right, and you, you were part of a, a, lot, of, a lot of good uh, legends, if you want to call them legends now, because we're 10 years in. I think it's really that mentality now. That's why I, I was trying to equate everybody even win. It's like WFA legends, right? There's a couple. If you go back to 2009 to now, you can literally hand, hand write probably 10, 12 to 15 uh, high-profile individuals that, have, that made the WFA what it was. And now we're in this stage where the WNFC shows up. The WFA still exists. It's just, just refreshing to see two top-tier leagues really presenting a high level of women's tackle football. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know if you had a question you were going to lead into. I was just <laughs> kind of waiting for you to. No, I was just asking your thoughts because you know we're we're just we're just at another level. You know, we got eleven sports on one side. It's going to cover the WFA. You got Vire Network. Vire going to cover you guys exclusively as well. Uh, we've never been at that stage, you know. And I was highly critical even when I first started uh, covering it. You know, where it's like, is this recreational or are we going to really go pro? And I think the, the mindset has changed, right? It's small, it's a business mind now. We have to be business minded. I think, yeah, that's the difference, you know, and I think you're seeing it across all women's sports. Uh, even with the NCAA, uh, the tournaments and stuff, they were shining a light on things where, you know, women, there was inequalities and things like that, and it's being taken way more, like the – the actual, they took action, you know what I mean? They shined a lot on it, they, did, they took action and whatnot. Um, so being, like, second class in sports, I mean, it's being taken more seriously now and people are starting to step up and the game is growing and it's getting better. So I, the athletes are getting better also, you know. So I think that it's being taken more seriously and it's being looked at also in more business aspect and, and light. Um, and that's the difference, especially for us women, female football players, like, before it was, it was just like, okay, I'm signing up to do this thing, you know. Now it's being, it's being like, it's a business, you know what I mean? And it's, it's got a five-year plan kind of thing, and it's, it's moving in a direction. Uh, it's growing, you know. Um, so 
I think that's the difference. Um, and, like, all the leagues that have come and gone and, and whatnot, they've all served their purpose, you know. I'm thankful for all of them because without them, we wouldn't have been anywhere, you know. So you can't really say, you know, discredit any of them. It's it, it's somewhere for a woman to go play, and that's, at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. So um, everything is all good. All right, let's bring in Chelsea here and pick your brain. Uh, Chelsea? Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? Um, all right, so I got a question. Um, coming from, I mean, you, you've been playing for some top-tier teams, low-key jealous over here. Um, you started with the Chicago Force, correct? That was your first team? Yeah. All no, right. Um, so, yes. Say that again? I actually played with the Seattle Majestics first. I'm from Seattle, Washington. Okay, so you went from Seattle to Chicago? Yeah. Okay, so I guess what, I, my biggest question is going from Seattle to Chicago to now Texas, like what is the biggest thing that you see as far as development and, like, what's the biggest change? I know, like, working with OJ, like, that has to be – she stands out. Like, she's a big role model in the in women's football world. Like, I guess just – What's the biggest difference between the three teams and the, the leagues that you see right now, other than what he already touched on? Okay. Um, I guess I'll answer that in two parts. So first uh, first off, the difference between the teams. Um, from Sh- Seattle, from going from Seattle, that was my first team. Um, and with them, I think that they were like, like we were in the IWFL, you know, it was more of like a fun – They've just now started getting more serious uh, after I left and whatnot. I mean, we were competitive and whatnot, but uh, I was on the Women's USA team, and that's why I connected with OJ and, and John Konecki, and those were people that were on the USA team um, that had a big influence on me. So um, I have a network with them. I went to Chicago because um, they needed a quarterback. At that time, Tammy Grisafi had retired, so I was like, I want to play quarterback in, in Chicago um, and have a chance at a ring, you know and competitive. And so the thing that was different was that everybody on the team had a like-mindedness where they were, they were really, really committed to football. And like John Konecki is a hard coach, you know what I mean? So like, we just, we were ready for that. So um, that was something we all connected with. Um, And then when they shut down, um, I was not done playing football. So I was like, I'll go to my, my next person, which is OJ. So I knew her and I was like, uh, I I told her I was going to come play for her in Dallas, um, and she was like, come on. So I went down, and that's just how that happened. So I just wasn't done playing. And so the culture out here is is really dope. I mean, I'm in Texas. This is a football state. We're known for football, um, and it really shows in the team. Like, everybody out here is just eat, sleep, breathe football. So um, everybody on the team has that mentality, too, where they're just they're ready to learn. They want to get better every practice, and they're super dedicated. So I think that's the difference between the teams, like, uh, Seattle, um, you know, like when when it was done and we we're done with practice, people were done. Out here, when we we're done with practice, people want to keep on going and, and finish, like, working on some stuff that they struggled on in practice. So that's the difference there. Um, and then the difference between the leagues, I mean, for me, it's the investment in the players, it's the investment in the branding, it's the investment in giving back to the community, like, like that type of thing. So I hope that answered your questions. Yeah, definitely. I got one more for you. Have you been able to try on those fire helmets yet? What, what kind of helmet? The, your fire helmets, the new helmets. 
They look awesome. Oh, yeah. They gave them back to, I know. They're always, uh, so they're always, every year, I don't know if you followed us, but every year we have a different helmet design, so. <laughs> it's yeah, this year it looks pretty dope. Different decals and paint it. Yeah, yeah, they're super nice. So we got That's that awesome. champion gold on there, the accents, yeah, so. Uh, we came out with uh, six different uniform combinations. We did a uniform uh, reveal a couple of weeks ago at our kickoff party. So, yeah, we're going to look fly this year. That's awesome. Got to look good, play good. Yep. You already know. All right, Ollie, you want to jump in and uh, pick it that Rashad sure. Gore's brain here? Sure. Um so I obviously know what your team goals are for the year, but what are your personal goals for the year? Personal goals. <clears throat> well, I am getting up there. You know, I'm a veteran, so I want to be able to hand the game down to the rookies coming in and kind of ascend into like a coaching position or a mentor position. Um, that's like one of my ultimate goals because I do love this game so much. I don't think I'll ever leave it alone. So it's like after I'm done playing, I want to leave my legacy and and um, continue to just give back to the youth and the, the younger like generation that wants to come in behind us um, and just, you know, be a good teammate. Like our team is so cohesive and, like, we we gel really good together. So I just want to continue that, that trend and, and be a good teammate, uplifting, um, and then just, be the fire, be be a leader. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. You know, um, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, we've been both playing a long, long time, and it's, you know, I definitely feel that as well, the need to, mm-hmm. to try to reach out to the um, the younger people and, and kind of mm-hmm. pass that along. So I think that's really important um, and admirable because the the sport will continue to grow as players like us, end up converting over, you know, to coaching. So that's great. Mm-hmm. I think that's really exciting. Um, and I also yeah. know COVID was obviously not fun for anybody. And I know that a lot of people had to get creative uh, at times um, in their workout routines. How, how did you, how did you uh, stay busy? Uh, were you, did you have any crazy stories of having to get creative to stay, to stay in shape and, and engaged as well? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because before COVID hit, I was riding my bike like 15 miles a day. So nothing really changed for me. <laughs> I was like, I I don't know. I was always, I'm kind of like a, a introvert, so I don't really go out too much. And I, um, my work, they were like, we're going to work remotely. So um, I wasn't, it wasn't too much of a transition for me. Like I have kettlebells, kettlebells in my house. Um, and I know they shut down, like, the parks and stuff like that, but really I would just go for really long walks with my dogs, do uh, calisthenics, okay. like, body weight type of, um, you know, things. And you can look at, like, crazy workouts out on um, YouTube to see how to stay in shape, like, you know, kind of like jailhouse workouts. Right. But, <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> you can do to get creative, I mean, like, that's what I was doing. So, yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. I mean, um you know, Washington was definitely more restrictive, I'm assuming, than, than Texas. So at one point I was working out in yeah. parking lots because I had nowhere to go. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I totally, totally get that. Um, and then uh, my final question for you is, what do you think the Seahawks are going to do? Um, and were you ever worried about Wilson getting traded? <laughs> Man, I'm kind of like, 
so since they since they were talking about you know him like being you know upset with the front office and all that stuff, I was like tuned into that. But now now that he's they kind of like did their thing and got him some people around him, it's kind of been quiet around him. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. that you know he's he's disgruntled and maybe if they really don't get on the same page this year, that next year it might happen like where he's looking you know shopping another team, um, and so. So there's that. I don't know how they're going to do this year. I'm just I'm I'm worried about our season to be honest. I don't really care about right. NFL right now. Um, so I I love Brady. So it looks like everything's going good for him. But <laughs> Seahawks wise, I think I'm just going to let that play out. I'm not going to make any predictions. Uh, I just hope that you know Pete and and Russ figure it out and can get on the same page because we need him. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh oh definitely and you know I, um. I talk to Adrian all the time because you and uh, her are the biggest Seahawks fans I, I know, and I'm obviously a Niners yeah. fan. And but you know, living here, I've learned a lot about the team, and I've said this multiple times on the podcast because if they don't, they're they're going to set themselves back quite a few years. So I think you're right. It seems like it's probably not anything crazy right now, but they they need to pay attention to it. So. You know, we'll see what the what our season brings and what the NFL season brings. But I definitely wish you luck, and hopefully, I'll see you on the field soon. And uh, um, you know, we can we can uh, uh, work it out. Uh, you know, for all time's sake, for all the times we played before. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It looks right. like Forty Nine is my last too, like a uh, quarterback maybe. So. Oh man, I've been going. Going back and forth, like I don't know what's happening. It's crazy, but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see you on the field, Holly. All right, back to you, Oscar. All right, uh, Rashawn, thanks for coming in. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to uh, to an interview. A, a lot of requests for us to have you on, especially with the anticipation of the new season coming on. So, uh, if you didn't know it, you're kind of profiled, high profiled for the brand. So. Here you are, the the MVP, uh, the face of Thanks. the WNFC, as they say. So uh, I, I know you take that high, in very high regard. And uh, this year, before we let you go, I, I think the schedule is pretty nice. It's kind of like, uh, you know, a local rivalry type deal, and everybody is, is must win to to get the you know to get the wins and to get yourself up, up in that you know in each conference to be up to that playoff par. Yeah, I like how they have it set up. Um, and I think they were smart about it with going with six games, too, because coming mm-hmm. off this crazy year, um, I think that it's good to kind of just take small bites. Um, and we're still playing the game. So it's it's. I think it was smart, and I think the way they set it up is good. So we'll see how it all plays out. It's going to be interesting to see how we monitor each week, week to week, because I think that's going to be the excitement for all the fans, right? The week to week will mm-hmm. will the Spartans fall? Right? Is it week one, week two, <laughs> week three, week four? What y'all pray about our downfall? <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how many teams are Twenty. There's twenty other teams. That means nineteen other people are wishing you fall. You know what I mean? <laughs> we know. We know. We know. <laughs> man, I appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, uh, Rashawn, we're gonna catch you on Vire Network. Uh, this is going to be all season, so uh, if you guys haven't uh, dived into the Vire, uh, Vire app, uh, Rashawn Gore is going to be right in front and center, Texas Elite Spartans, 
<laughs> right in the house. Um, and you know what? The excitement, it's brewing, right? Because we just we had uh, <laughs> the programs that are on Vire Network right now, the Nine Cups, you can replay so they can watch your performance right. from, from the Nine mm-hmm. Cup. And then we also had the Atlanta Phoenix featured uh, this uh, first episode. So uh, what do you think of that content? I think we needed that. We talked about it at the beginning of the, of the hour here. I really think this is going to be very impactful in, in a way where it's, the awareness is even more, right, because we're telling stories about, yeah. let's say, Atlanta, for example, is a, is a historic franchise that goes back to, you know, the, the 2000s. Yeah. No, and then you have, like, people like me that I'm a transplant, so I can tell all my people back home that can't necessarily travel to my games, hey, tune into this, and mm-hmm. that's going to get the views up. So it's definitely something that's going to spread like wildfire. I'm really excited about it. Um, and it's a great opportunity for um, the players and the league. So I see you doing nothing but positive things. And, uh, Rashawn, the w, the, the NIIA uh, Women's uh, Collegiate Finals are going to be in May also within that one month that you guys kick off. So it's kind of exciting mm-hmm. to watch the flag uh, evolution, which will be eventually our feeder oh, yeah. system. It's really awesome. Sure. Yeah, that definitely first one you know, the COVID was going on is like flag was still growing. It and we've got it's exactly the theater thing is gonna be a big deal. Women coming in that have the skills, you know, that we don't have necessarily have to teach fundamentals necessarily maybe the hitting part but not like catching and, and body awareness, that kind of stuff, you know, you're gonna have an athlete that's ready to go. That's gonna be awesome. Um and I know that you know you're in, in Texas and I, what I hear there's plenty of women in Texas wanting to play football and they're playing football currently as it is. So that's a, that's a big, big, no, no lack of interest in other words. Right. Right. You've got a lot of, a big, a large area. So there's a lot of teams out here. <laughs> every city, every major city you go to, they got one. All right. Um, I'm excited for WNFC kickoff. We're all excited. We're going to be covering you week to week. Hopefully you can chime in, you know, uh, every week after a win or something just to, you know, get the fans excited about the week performances from each team. So we're looking forward to having you back on uh, maybe on a bye week or anything like that. Just kind of like give us the scope of what's going on in midseason and obviously before the playoffs. So really appreciate if you do that for us. That would be awesome. Thank you for making the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to WNFC kickoff 2021. Uh, and this was the, 2019 MVP, the inaugural MVP of the WNFC. So, Rashawn, uh, really awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. We'll catch you in 30 days on Vire Network. All right. Bye. All right, Holly, uh, Chelsea, right there. The best player of the championship, a nine cup. Uh, on the podcast, as requested by our fans. So we got her in, in here to chime in. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Sigour is somebody that has been around a while, and it's really funny because I used to play against her a lot when I played uh, with Portland, and she played with Seattle. And then when I moved to Seattle, was the year that she moved to Chicago. So I didn't never, I never got to play with her as a, as a teammate, but I have um, a lot of experience playing with her, um, and like all star events and stuff like that, and so she's definitely somebody uh, that's always been a very, very good athlete, very quick. Um, you know, she's played multiple positions, and so it's it was really 
kind of cool and like a full circle moment to to have played and known her uh, for this long and have her end up in, in um, Texas and do so well. So definitely excited to see what she can do this year as well. Chelsea, uh, you played against Gore or not? You haven't played against Gore, right? I did not play against her, but ironically, um, I followed her my first couple seasons when I was in Wisconsin, and she was mm-hmm. definitely one of those players that I looked up to. Um, she was the, I mean, she played for the Chicago Force. That was the team to be on, and yeah, she's she's definitely a trailblazer. I'll say that. And you know what? I think a lot of fans, because uh, we're, we're, I get a lot of messages, like I told you guys before, and a lot of fans are starting to realize, you know, the fact that we do have, you know, amazing, talented athletes in the women's game that nobody even knew about. Um, I talked. I think we mentioned Holly last podcast that uh, when I introduced uh, a live, uh, I think it was a San Diego Rebellion of la- uh, what the 2019. Somebody actually thought that was Canadian football. You know, when I said, hey, watch this game and watch it, they they thought it was Canadian football, which was, to me, it was like, all right, cool. And they they finally realized it, you know, that quality football, right? And it was done really well. Of course, you know, San Diego Digital Imagery did a really good job uh, on the Facebook Live, so. You know, even though that's kind of a a, a different statement, in a way it's kind of a compliment because, it means that, um, you know, we're, like we were talking about before, we're getting closer to um, a better product on the field and better production value, too. So that's, that. those are the two things that we uh, really need, plus marketing, um, to really push the sport forward. And uh, so, yeah, I think when you increase the marketing and when you increase the exposure, you're going to see more people start to recognize the you know the really really good players and the really good athletes you're going to see that more like when you see the NFL or like the NBA and people will start to recognize people so that that's really exciting and awesome because honestly that's a long time coming um, there's plenty of players um, that I've played with and against that probably should have gotten even more uh, attention than they did and uh, I hope that they do going forward so it's really awesome to see. I think our next level is for both leagues and these franchises in each league, uh, Holly, is to put a face to a franchise, right? The Rashawn Gore, Texas Elite Spartans, right? You've got to put a face, you know, to each one um, because then it's like local marketing, but it's impactful marketing too. But at the same time, you can put it on a national type of mentality and then people start to recognize names to a team and then eventually it kind of draws into a fire stage where it starts it starts this amber where people start to relate to a certain player and want to go see on a you know a certain team oh yeah definitely i think um you know football is a little different in that you have large numbers so you could even take a handful of players in each team to really kind of Mm -hmm. focus on but i do think the exposure will naturally have that happen, but if they can also create content to go along with that, then then I think that that's helpful, you know, um, because, like, when you watch, like, the NFL content, whether it's an actual game or just a show about the NFL, they're always like, oh, okay, and on Thursday Night Football, we have 
you know, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, and we have Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. You know what I mean? So there's definitely players that they have picked uh, to emphasize. It doesn't always have to be the quarterback. It could be a different uh, player as well. And you, you can even rotate who you, who you emphasize. But I think um, kind of human nature that uh, you you if you're following your own favorite teams and whatever sport it is, you have a few players that are, are the players that you gravitate towards. And once you have that personal connection, it makes you watch more. And so I think that's definitely something that they'll probably do in the future. Chelsea, I think uh, if they if we do it right, both leagues, we can do week to week, you know, altering of players. Right? This is, come check out Chelsea Alt, the best tackler, right? The fierce tackler Absolutely. on the New York Wolves against you know so and so of the DC Divas or whatever. Because I think the face once the fans get a, a, a addicted to a face or to a personality, they're more inclined to come watch it, right? To watch that personality. Absolutely. And I think it, it kind of just to circle back to like the, the video and the exposure, I just think um, social media is playing a huge piece in that. And I think if we can get video clips that are showing a player that you relate to hitting somebody extremely hard and that's getting shared all over social media, I think that's that's causing a lot of the exposure um, for a lot of those flag teams right now. You see a lot of these little clips of them um, doing all these crazy moves. I think if we can get that within the WNFC and the WFA and let it let it just explode on social media, I think that will help a lot. Holly, if we can take the LFL production of WOW clips and, and handpick WOW clips, in other words, like Chelsea's pointing out here, if we take that production, I think we are going to be like a firestorm, like Chelsea's point is. You can make things go viral in terms of social media. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, the one of the ways that um, our sport has really uh, taken off the last, you know, several years here is hand-in-hand with the um, exposure that you can get through social media because we didn't have the dollars to put towards marketing mm-hmm. or to get what? TV deals or anything like that. We didn't have that. So we had to generate it organically through social media. And so I think it's, you know, especially the last few years, um, teams and leagues have gotten better and better and better at understanding the power that they have in that and leveraging that. And then um, Chelsea's right in that we need to also – uh, get as, as much footage of um, actual game clips and um, and push that out as well to show the product. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's going to happen. I feel like that's the, the path that we're heading down, um, and it's really exciting because, you know, I don't – it would have been so much harder, like, 20 years ago, um, you know, to get that kind of exposure that you can through social media. So I think it's a really – a good pass forward to get um, more attention on the sport. The the benefit will be if you can get some subscribers. Uh, there was a, I think it was a actual message that was sent to Nate how soccer teams in Germany do, uh, do ghost ticketing, which basically fans that cannot attend the game, but they still want to support the team with buying a ticket. So, I mean, if we get to that level, because normally, customarily, not every team's going to draw, you know, 2,000 fans as an example. But if you got 2,000 fans buying tickets to to as uh, supporters as an example, 
that would be a game changer too. COVID Definitely. cutouts. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. There's the COVID cutouts. You could have um, purchasing the, the fake fans. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there, there's definitely creative ways. And I, I will say, I think um, something that's really helped the last couple of years is I think the quality of merchandise has definitely improved. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think what, at least I've seen with the WNFC, um, they seem to be doing very well with that. The, the quality of the material and the design work has definitely improved. And so, therefore, people want to buy the merchandise more, which is good for everybody. So, stuff like that, the cutouts, but there are creative ways um, you can get, you know, um, people to subscribe to certain services. You can get certain clubs going where you pay X amount to be involved in, like, the fan clubs. There are so many things that, that can happen. And I think one of the things that people forget is when you watch, like, an NFL game, there are thousands of people in the background making that game happen. It's not just the players or the coaches. You have so many people that set up the concessions, that do the ticket sales, that do all the marketing, that come up with the creative ideas to get people in, that work with the, the TV production. Like, And so, you know, we're not quite there yet, but, you know, we have to, like, look. I always thought to myself, if there's some something that you want in life and there's a place that you want to go, find somebody that's been there already, learn from them, and then make it your own. And so you have to look to the NFL and to college and see what are they doing and try to emulate it yourself as close as possible to try to get where they are. And so I think we're headed there. and it, It'll take some time, but it's definitely it's way better than when I first started. So it's really exciting. So it doesn't hurt you have Adidas as your branding with your team logos. You know what I mean? It doesn't hurt. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's like, that's like you know what I mean? That's, that's like awesome. credibility right there. That's almost like putting a, putting oh, a swish on, on on a jersey, right, with the with the logo. What is this? Okay. And you have you have uh, youth sports do that all the time. You know, your high school. Yeah. Youth. So it's like it's, it's just a game changer for everybody, like you said, because people are more than willing to pay for that um, – you know, $30, $40 garment, which before you, you you had something produced and you're like, okay, I'm asking for $25. I'm like, who are you, right? They're like, what? What do you mean, who are yeah. you? But you have Adidas on it. They're like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll buy it. <laughs> it's like They're just like, okay, no big deal. They'll drop the $40 on it. Right. I mean, and, and you have that recognition and um, the trust that, you know, Adidas has built and Rydell has built um, as individual brands. And then when they're attached to your brand, it brings more credibility to you and people are going to trust that, okay, um, you know, brands like Adidas are not just going to throw their image everywhere, you know, without doing their homework. So obviously this is a legit thing. And so I think that's really, really um, impactful um, and so I think I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, I'm really excited to see where this um, goes and, and how quickly uh, these changes that we're trying to implement make. And um, it's just really – it's a really great time, I think, to be in women's football. I do think COVID was terrible for, you know, a multitude of reasons. But like I said before, in some ways I think it's given, you know, 
the sport, and the ability to go to some of these projects that, that, that they probably had on the back burner for a while. And then I think they spent that time well in building up the brand and, and working on, on their craft. And I, I, think it, I think it's going to be beneficial in the long run. Chelsea, um, you know, Lisa, uh, Lisa King, uh, when Dominie on your side in terms of your, your league, uh, they've done tremendous strides as well. So, I mean, it's just, it's just exciting to see that we're just going we're, – we're on a projectory, a high projectory, and we're just going up. We're not, we're not retracting, in other words. Absolutely. I mean, like Holly said, the sport has come a long way since I started. I mean, 10 years ago when I first started, like, we didn't even have – you couldn't share clips on social media. You couldn't – you couldn't have people buy your jerseys. There's just so much growth that has happened in the, t- in the last 10 years that, like, just thinking about the next 10 years, like, I'm just waiting for this to explode. Like, I really think it's, we're on the right track. Hopefully we're going to sign a check for you before you retire, and then you'll, you'll get yes, make, maybe a decent-sized check. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But if not, I hope the girl after me gets it. Because that's that's our oh, goal. Sure. I mean, we're really we're really just blazing the trail for the girls, for the girls, uh, the younger girls. All right, Holly. Uh, talking about checks, um, what are the Jaguars before we before you get out of here? What do the Jaguars really need? Is it the quarterback? Is it a tight end? A defensive lineman? I mean, what are they focusing on here? I mean, I think they need a quarterback, the face of a franchise. But I don't know if it's going to be Lawrence at this point. Um, I think it's it's uh it's time dunk that it's gonna be Lawrence. I, I think they need all those things, but when you're trying to kind of change gears and rebuild your franchise and you have that first pick and you have um, you know, a guy with the talent level as Lawrence, it's a no brainer slam dunk, you know, um, take the check to the bank, it's already done sort of thing. I, I think he you know, I followed him since he was in high school, and he has a very high IQ. Um, I think the challenge for uh, him, and you know, I, I've said this before, in uh, quarterbacks that are coming from bigger programs, is when your receivers are that much better than everybody else in college, it's a little bit, teeny bit easier. But when you get to NFL and you're 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 throwing against uh, a secondary that is just as talented as your receivers and sometimes more. And then maybe your offensive line isn't as great as it was in college. What do you do then? I think Trevor has the, uh, the mental strength and fortitude that he can, you know, work his way through that. I think he is very accurate. Um, and so I think um, having somebody like Urban Meyer to, to be there with him is going to be a really big help because obviously Urban is a, is a college historically a college coach, so he's going to know where Trevor is coming from. And so uh, I think it's kind of similar, honestly, probably a better um, situation um, for Trevor to go to the Jaguars than it was for Burrow to go to the Bengals last year. I think the Jaguars are a little bit more talented than uh, the Bengals at this point. Um, So I I think you go with the quarterback. Chelsea, you agree they should take uh, Lawrence and kind of put a face to the Jaguars franchise? 
Absolutely. I mean, like you said before, talking about the women's football, I think you need the face to the organization. I think the quarterback might be the route to go. All right. Um, Holly, weigh in here. Uh, We talked about it last week. The decision to trade Sam Darnold to the Panthers. Uh, Jets have been a mess for so long. You you said it. uh, Sala was going to come in and try to clean house as well. So I guess this is one of the first moves. Oh, yeah. You know, we were talking about this before, and and I've said, you know, multiple times, I'm a, you know, I'm a Pac-12 person. I watched Darnold in college. I, I was never that impressed with him, and I was never really impressed with Josh Rosen either. So I, I was never really sure where all this hype was coming from. I don't think uh, Darnold is terrible, but I, I did not think he, he deserves all the hype he had going in. And I think, you know, with the Jets, um, it's similar to the to the situation with the Jaguars. You need you just got your new coach. This is the perfect time to bring in a, a young quarterback. They can kind of grow together, and um, I, I think they're going to go. You know, most likely with Wilson. Um, I think there's a there's an outside chance maybe they, they pick Fields, but I think most likely Wilson. And so you know, this is definitely a, a chance for the Jets to kind of hit the reset button. Um, you know, they thought Darnold was the guy. I don't think Darnold was the guy. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think I think we're going to see a run on quarterbacks the first, like, four or five picks here. All right. Um, Charles, the same, same, the same thing we talked about last week, right? You, you said the Carolina basically gets a great pickup if he produces. So we have a big if for Sam Darnold, right? Absolutely. He's got to show up. And I think it, it all stems to the, like we also talked last week, it's just the system. Is he going to fit in the system right? Yeah, I think it's a big key for that. Um, if, he, if he really evolves there, uh, maybe the Jets, you know, front office and the mess there was just not beneficial to him. Um, Holly, Mac Jones to get rid of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Okay. All right. You guys ready for this? <laughs> I, just, all this I, just, minutes. I just got you hyped. <laughs> Okay, so I have so many feelings. Okay, so number one, I've been saying for probably a year and a half now that it's time to move on from Jimmy, right? Um, I really think his skill set just does not fit the system that uh, Kyle wants to run. And when Kyle had, you know, a 1,000 receivers on the board last year, he picked picked Brandon Ayuk because he is more of a – uh, a yak type of receiver. And then I'm like, huh. And so I looked around, and we also had Debo Samuel, same type of receiver. George Kettle, also that type of receiver. So then I'm looking around at the other personnel they have, and I'm like, okay, so what you're saying by the other picks that you're making and how you want to call the game, because it's come out that he hasn't, he never really gave Jimmy the full run of the playbook so he can then sit down. So if that's the case, what you're really saying is you want a quarterback that can distribute the ball, get it out quickly into your, your uh, quick receiver's hands and run with it after the catch. That's not Jimmy. Jimmy is, is Tom Brady light, light. He wants to do a lot of traditional play action, not a modern play action. He, that's why when we got Emmanuel Sanders uh, a couple years ago, that was really beneficial to Jimmy because Emmanuel stretched the field, took some pressure off of Jimmy. Even though he didn't actually produce a whole lot of catches, 
it opened everything up uh, underneath. And so Jimmy is somebody that doesn't handle pressure well. He's not athletic. Um, and then it got his athleticism dropped even from where it was after he got injured. And he just doesn't – and he gets really panicky when there's pressure. And the offense is really predictable in pressure situations. So I'm just looking at the pieces, and I'm like, this is not – you're trying to fit a square um, peg into a round hole. This is not working. So they need to do something. And so, you know, in the off season, um, there's a lot of rumors and a lot of things happening. But when they moved up to three, I got really excited because I was like, okay, they are on the same page as, as I'm thinking they should be. Um, but then the rumors started coming out that they were looking at Mac Jones. And I am really upset about that. Because, um, I think what happened is because Shanahan had a fixation on Kirk Cousins. So for some reason, everybody equates Mac Jones in that in that area. And I think what's happened is there's kind of been some lazy reporting and that <clears throat> one guy had this idea and everybody else has just picked up on it. And I think the Niners have not corrected anybody because they don't want to play their hand. But if, if but you really think scouting. about it, they're really putting out tidbits out there. Cause they're going, <laughs> they're going they're out still, and scouting they're, they're and their still, schedule shows it. Yeah. So there's, they're still scouting. And, you know, from what I understand, there's no decision. It's just that some, some person internally said, oh, I think they might like Mac Jones, and everybody ran with it. Now, the last two or three days, you see some of those same people start to backpedal. I'm like, oh, maybe we, we weren't right. And I think really what's happened is, if you think about it, why would you, why would you move up, you know, give the other team three first-round picks, including this year, for somebody that is Jimmy like light? He's in the same vein as Jimmy, and Jimmy is better than him right now. Why would you waste that much capital to do that? That makes zero sense because you could have gotten Mac probably, you know, at the 12th spot, or if not, you might have moved up a little bit, like eight or nine. You probably would have still been there. You wouldn't have, you would not have had to give up that much to get him because nobody else, you know, externally seems to be talking about Mac Jones in that kind of way. So if the demand, quote unquote, is not there, why would you do that? So I'm looking at it like this, like, I'm like, okay, so Shanahan and Sala know each other. I don't know if they're talking internally, but I have, I'm, I'm assuming that the Niners know pretty well what the Jets are going to do. That means they're in a position at three to pick who they want. So I think it's between Fields and it's between Fields and Lance. Fields is the guy that you, you pick if you want to move on from Jimmy this year. Lance is the guy you pick if you want to give Jimmy one more year to just kind of warm the spot for Lance. And so I think they're letting this Mac Jones talk go out there because I think they're trying to leverage something with Jimmy. I think they're trying to find a way to get something in return for Jimmy and they're they're pulling out a whole bunch of smoke. That's what I'm like 95% sure (laughs) is happening. Because if they're if they pick Mac Jones, who's who's a quote unquote space pick, but doesn't actually get you any closer to winning, and it's wrong, then this could be the start, the beginning of the end for the Shanahan and Lynch experiment, right? So they have to make sure that they do this correctly, because if they don't, this could spiral quickly. So 
that's my uh, that's my rant. Holly, <laughs> I'm, Holly, I'm just really tired of seeing. <laughs> if they don't, you're going to call them out every week here. Oh, of so course I am. They better watch it. Because it makes no <laughs> sense. Like, and, and, like, I really, like, I feel the same way about Mac Jones as I did about Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. I just don't see it. You know, I, I don't. Like, yeah, I yeah. think, look at the guys he was throwing the ball to. Those are NFL receivers playing against college corners and their line was so good that if he didn't have good numbers he'd be like wow this quarterback is terrible look at look at these tra- waddle and and like you have Najee harris you have Devontae smith like these are guys that are going to play in the nfl if you don't have those type of numbers something's wrong right so when you watch him play he never was really challenged in that way he was never he never had to get to like his second or third read. And he's not athletic either. So why would you trade all this stuff up to get a worse product than you already have? It doesn't make any sense to me. But we will see, Oscar, you know, I don't know, like I'm like ninety five percent sure they're gonna do the right thing and there's that five percent of me that's like, Oh man, this would be terrible if we did this because I can tell you the fan base would not be happy with Mac with Mac Jones. Not at all. Um, I've seen, like, I'd say most people feel the same way that I do. Um, so we'll see what happens. But that's definitely the linchpin of the draft because they're pretty sure oh, yeah. about who's going one and two. So whoever the, the Niners pick at three, the dominoes fall after that in the draft. So it's a really big deal, and that's why I think there's so much attention on it. I'm not really worried because we got Matt Stafford, so I know you're worried up north, but I'm not really worried because I think everything's going to be out good for us here down south well yeah that's another thing we have to compete in this in this um you know division that was already really difficult and then now we we definitely have the worst quarterback in, in the division right now and it's not to oh, say yeah, that, that sure. jimmy is terrible but, but by, by comparison you can't that's why i'm like i'm really feeling pretty strongly about fields or lance because they are more mobile guys and when we play when we have played um, the last couple of years, mobile quarterback, we have really struggled <laughs> against that type of quarterback or it's released and more challenging, right? So I think, oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and I, and I, I, I believe that they're going to make the right decision. I'm hoping that what's happening is that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors because I, I really think that this move to, to three is not the only move they're going to make. You know, mm-hmm. they've been talking um, to a couple other players that I think will probably be at the back end of the first round. So if they're talking to that level of players, they might also move back up into the first round. They're usually pretty aggressive on draft day. So we'll see what happens. But I, I definitely think there's a lot more going on that we don't know. All right. All right, Holly, uh, thanks for coming in. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be chiming in uh, probably what this week next week and then after that it's going to be hiatus for you right just week to week uh focusing on the wnfc 2021 season yeah i'll, I'll be in and out when i can it's definitely more challenging during this season um but uh uh definitely i'll i'll be uh checking in and i hope you guys have a great rest of your day all right help. thank you holly appreciate it thanks for the insights really really appreciate it all right, uh, Chelsea, right there, Hall of Famer, breaking it down. And uh, I just threw her team out there because I know she was passionate about 
how they might screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's got it covered. She's uh, very vocal when it comes to them screwing it up. <laughs> last thing she wants I to be is the last place her. in the West. <laughs> All right, uh, let's bring in Coach Gabby in here to in the mix. Um, Gabby, how's it going today? Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. We're doing great. Hey, Gabby. Um, it was good to how hear you doing today? on here. That was awesome. She's, yeah, she's I mean, she's passionate about the Niners, especially when you talk Niners and how they're going to draft. I could definitely tell. I could hear her voice. Definitely she's uh, stuff, very, very but... vocal. Um, mm-hmm. Girls uh, and Chelsea, Atlanta, do uh, you think if this is the, the year that they draft maybe a replacement from Matt Ryan at this point, since we're talking NFL draft, do you think they're, they might get a successor and, and draft a, a quarterback too? Because it looks like from all the mock drafts, like everybody's going to get a quarterback in the top five or six, you know? I hope so because they need it. And I think I think What's you're it? right. I think a lot of a lot of quarterbacks are going to come out of the first couple rounds. I wouldn't doubt it, right? I mean, Gabby, do you think it's like this is a, kind of like a quarterback heavy desperation to find a, a quarterback for each franchise in like the top ten? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I have to do a little bit more research on that, but um, sounds right. Chelsea was right about that. Yeah, and I think Atlanta needs something refreshing. Uh, they're getting older there. Maybe that's the case why they kind of like will get to that stage where they need a, a replacement quarterback, even if it's on a back burner type mentality for another season. But in reality, uh, you know, maybe Matt Ryan's time is almost up, you know, kind of like the same situation that Green Bay has with uh, their quarterback situation up there with uh, – I'm trying to like figure out whether they're going to transition like they did with Barb to Rogers. Ooh, don't talk about my Rogers like that. Well, I'm Chelsea. I'm, I bring it up because I'm. I want to talk about it. That's why I'm saying it's like every <laughs> NFL team. Every NFL team is in that boat. Besides the crappy teams like the Jets, right, or Jaguars. I, but there's I don't some know. I don't some think, teams that have to take it in Rogers stride. Time like is up yet. no, I'm not saying that time is up. What I'm saying is. Atlanta is in the same in, in the same process that Green Bay was when like Brett Favre was. We had a transition from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I got you. Yeah, you got to develop somebody underneath them. Do you feel like they really need the quarterback, or do you feel like they should go to something else, like a you know a defense at this point? Are you talking Packers? No, I'm talking Falcons or Atlanta. Oh, okay. I mean. I think probably a quarterback, honestly. I think they need to just revamp it, revamp their system and start with quarterback. I, I Do you feel like, Gabby, do you feel like they have to get a quarterback given that Tom Brady's in the division now? Yeah, it seems like that would be the uh, <laughs> the next move. So I seem, it seems like that's going to be the move. All right. Because a lot of the mock drafts have a wide receiver. They, they're opting for a wide receiver. And then I have a couple other mock drafts uh, that show a quarterback. So that's, that's the reason I'm, you know, I'm bringing it up. Because now they're like, okay, are we, are we going to you know, get Matt Ryan some weapons, some new weapons, or are we going to replace them? But at this point, most of, the mock, most of the mock drafts have a wide receiver in that sense. 
Um, Chelsea, what, what about Cincinnati? Um, Burrow goes down last year. They really need uh, a wall to help him. Uh, most, um, almost all the drafts have Cincinnati taking an offensive tackle. Yeah, I would say go with that offensive tackle. I mean, you got to have them well, hold the line in order for them to do anything, really. I think that's a smart move. And he, did, he didn't have – I mean, he had a decent year, but he's in the same boat this year, you think, Chels, right? He's coming into year two of his evolution off an injury, and the Bengals aren't that great of, you know, of a franchise in terms of, like, going in deep in the playoffs. It's kind of like a one-man show for him. And if they don't put a, a, a good offensive output in the draft or upgrade, uh, it could be another bad year for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he needs the protect, protection, of course. Gabby, you feel the same way? You think Burroughs really need, they need to pay up to kind of put a wall behind him to, for him to be successful? Absolutely. That's the only way for, uh, you know, quarterback to be successful. So that, that is definitely uh, next priority. Now, uh, Miami, Miami t- it took a took the trade from uh, Philadelphia, and so there, um, most all the most of all the mock drafts are having Devonte Smith at wide receiver. So Chelsea, Tua, we have a question mark between Tua and the quarterback situation. We were going to go with Tua, and now we're we're thinking we might not go with Tua. We, things are going to be up in the air, but Miami has opted to take a receiver at this point to maybe supplement Tua. A lot of question marks in Miami, basically. I mean, the wide receiver route seems like a, a smart way to go. They definitely need uh, some targets, that's for sure. Gabby, do you think a year two of Tua um, is, you know, with the receiver pickup and what they have now will be make will make them impactful in the East? Um, I don't know because Belichick upgraded. That's so kind of scary too because they basically they had all this money and they upgraded. Uh, Buffalo has improved, right? The only uh, question mark is the Jets. We don't know what that what that's going to happen. I'm curious to see what the Jets do because um, there's a lot of question marks there and a lot of upset Jets fans with uh, these past few years. So that will be. Hopefully you guys, you get live, some answers. you guys live in New York. Is there diehard Jets fans out there in New York? There really are, and it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> They, they're sad, very, they're <laughs> I can't help but feel sad every time I find one. <laughs> this is from Wisconsin. This is from a girl from Wisconsin. It's just like, yeah, this is sad. You guys are wearing green, 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 green. This is bad. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> the Packers are definitely not on the same level as the Jets. But oh no, it's, it's oh, oh, no, <laughs> not even the same conversation. <laughs> The, the only, what do they call it? The, the only relevance is your green. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like, the only only thing the Jets had going for them was by hiring Colette Smith, the female coach, and she's gone. So, <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> so they got to do something. That's all I know. Oh, my God. Gabby, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> Diehard Jets fans? I mean, they're probably wishing – this has got to be the year, right? It's like worse than Brown fans probably now. I mean, it's gotten to a point where it's like it can't get worse, right? So, um, <laughs> Unless you're a Mets is... fan or an Islander fan. That's true. That's true. Um, I, I like how Chels brought up the history of 
I mean, yeah. honestly, that's only the last time I I paid attention to, to the Jets was when Colette Smith was on there. So we're not bringing Joe Namath back. Is that what you girls are saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's not very okay. sexy anymore, by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Detroit, uh, Gabby, Detroit. Uh, Patricia comes in. Oh, all the hype! He's coming from New England. He's going to change the culture. We're going to get, you know, we're going to be uh, relevant in the uh, in the a- uh, NFC North, right? <laughs> we're going to beat the Packers. Watch out! Watch out, Packers! Detroit reviving themselves, and then here we are, just another letdown. Oh, and then, then I gave you Goff. Then we gave him Jared Goff, so I'm good to give him Jared Goff. Amazing. That's crazy. I don't know about you're silent on Lions though. fans? Gabby, your silence on Lions fans is not good. Because Lions fans are probably <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely um I don't have words for that, so I I think they might be equivalent with the Jets. Uh yeah. Uh, Chelsea probably has words. Uh, are they gonna be competitive, Chelsea? Are they gonna beat you next year? Is that the that's the question? Nah. Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> Jerkoff is a savior for the Lions. That's what we hear right now. Absolutely. Well, you gave them hope, so that's a good sign. Gabby didn't give them any hope, but you gave them some hope. So that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, only a little bit. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabby, do you think since they picked up Sam Dalton, uh, the, the Panthers, since they picked up Sam Dalton from the Jets, do you think they'll still take Justin Fields at quarterback? Honestly, I don't know. So that is a, an interesting question. <laughs> what do you think, Chelsea? Do you think they'll take Fields, even though they just picked up a quarterback? I mean, probably. I just, uh, More than likely, right? Sounds like, yeah, I think so. I think they would. It sounds like it could be a smart move in the long run. Well, you said last uh, podcast that if if Sam Donald doesn't work within that system – because the jet system sucks. Now Carolina, if they don't work in, so this this could be what Plan B to take Justin Fields and have him be in the back burner. Yeah, I mean you always need a Plan B, that's for sure. All right, uh, we got two more picks to deal with. Top ten in the draft. Uh, Denver. Uh, <laughs> Holly said her Niners might take Mac Jones. Uh, mock drafts say Mac Jones is quarterback. Uh, we talked to Wynn a couple of podcasts ago. Um, Denver's not the same, Gabby. It hasn't been the same since uh, Peyton Manning left <laughs> at quarterback. So they got problems. So more than likely right. they take a quarterback. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, what else can they do? Do you Everyone's think they need a quarterback? Do I think they need a quarterback? Yeah, you think they they really need a quarterback, or do you, you feel like they need they really need a quarterback? They absolutely need. A... <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I'm they because really they have they have a quarterback now, and they were playing with you know a, oh my maybe he'll be the future or maybe he'll evolve, but I think they have doubts now, right? Because if you if you if they think they're going to go quarterback again, 
that means it's like got four years in a row that they go quarterback. So that's like, oh, that's like not a good program, right? When you're like recycling quarterbacks every year. Yeah, you want some development within the program, so that's that's a tough tough situation. All right, uh, let's talk about Dallas, Chelsea, before we, we get off the draft altogether. Um, so Dallas has a quarterback. Apparently, Dak Prescott should come back. And oh, so man. most of the mock drafts say that they're going to take a cornerback, which would be Khalid Farley. Okay, okay. So no quarterback this time. <laughs> um, I mean, defense wins championships. Need it. I love how hopeful that is. <laughs> Too bad we don't really have do. Ma- Mac on here. Otherwise, she would have probably evolved on her Dallas rant, just like uh, Holly did oh, with the yeah. Niner rant. <laughs> oh, no. I- yeah, I would I would really be excited to see Dak Prescott come back. That's, that's it would be a feel good story, Gabby, to have have him come back from the injury and make a make a good season, right? Absolutely, that would that's that's a story that I'll be following closely. All right, girls, are draft. you really excited about the draft coming up here, or you don't care? <laughs> I wish Love it was so a much. women's draft. That is what well, I yeah, care of course, about. of course, Chelsea. <laughs> if we had like a WFA draft, then yeah, oh we God, would be diving. <laughs> we're we're gonna get there one day, I think. One day we're gonna be there, and hopefully we'll still be here. And boom, we're talking WFA draft, right? Who are they gonna take in top maybe, ten? Maybe we'll be like the announcers of the uh, WFA draft. There we go. Hopefully, you know, you never know. We might be here 20 years from now, and then we're like, okay, Coach Gabby's daughter is going second second round, and the DC Divas oh, are going to take her. I you never know. That. Gabby, right? That'll be a storyline in the future, right? Gabby's daughter goes second with the DC Divas. How can she not go to the Wolves <laughs> since her mother plays for the Wolves? That's amazing. Wouldn't okay. that be a dilemma? Yeah. It's like broadcasting that- dilemma there. Oh, absolutely, but uh, definitely um, that is a, you know, we keep such a close pulse on, like, women's football that is, like, I definitely feel the NFL is secondary, and that sounds almost backwards. <laughs> so I'm daring to say that how I feel. We're not going to be backwards very long because at some point, like I, I've told everybody else, at some point, WFC takes off, WFA takes off, and what we have the five-year plan within the next four years, we, we could have a lot more content than we have now. That's the good thing, mm-hmm. that we will have a lot oh, more yeah, content we'll hard than now. Yeah, at some point, it's, yeah. you know, we're going to be diving in fully a lot more into each league's seasons, you know what I mean, with different types of attitudes, uh, coverages. Maybe the local papers, maybe the national media starts to pick up stories, right, that we can talk about. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's the dream. That's the goal. If we ever get to a stage where we have to create drama between two players on a Twitter tweet in women's tackle football, then we know we've arrived. Oh, oh we got that we Right. That's what I mean. <laughs> We're all wishing for that day, right? She said what on Twitter? About what? It's already <laughs> happening. Is it already happening? Chelsea, you got you to gotta send me these, uh, these uh, what do you call it, insider tweets then. So we I mean, could just, maybe just not. 
Maybe not Twitter, because I don't know anything about Twitter. I'm just, like, there. But uh, social media somewhere, it's always popping off between women's football uh, players. Yep. Well, there, we can, there, is, there will be no lack, of, no lack of smack talking. I can tell you that right now, if it ever happens like that. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, we, we just talked about uh, Holly. Remember I said to Holly, hey, if we get you on a, like, mic'd up type mentality, we, we're not there yet. Wait until we get a WFA mic'd up or a WNFC mic'd up. Some girls Ooh. let it out on the field on game day, right? They're not as kind or polite. Oh, no, they're going to need some serious censoring. Censoring, <laughs> censoring. <laughs> the uglies of women football finally gets it to the spotlight it deserves. Oh, yeah. Gabby, the, Gabby, we'll get to see the other side of you on game day. Is that what you're saying? Not the cast side, but the other side of you on game day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, you know, there's no such thing as a nice linebacker, you know? No, there you is hear no that sweet, innocent voice? That sweet, innocent voice is very, like, it's not it's not a thing on the field. If there's <laughs> anyone that has, like, a complete alter ego, like, 360 flip, it's Gabby. The Joker in the house. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, though. You'll, you'll shake Gabby's hand before the game, and she's got, like, this high-pitched, innocent voice, and then you, you get hit, and you're almost killed by her. Wow. Gabby, that's not you, is it? Is it? Is it the? Is that? Is that you? The switch? Boom. This, this is a uh, a specific trait that I think any any good football player, as a female, you have to have. So yes. <laughs> I know Mac talks a lot of smack, but she can back it up. So there, you know, you oh, gotta back it up talk, and talk he smack. He talks right? smack off the field too, though. She's just a smack talker all around in life. <laughs> I, we can't help it. That was one of the reasons, Chelsea, I brought her on because she was so salty that it's so inviting <laughs> for people to dive into her. You know what I mean? It's just like oh, yeah. she's just salty all the time. You can't yeah, get that out her, of her. Like, there's, there's no off switch where it's different where, like, Gabby's, like, innocent off the field and then you step on, it's different. Whereas Mac, it's just, it's all the way on, all the time. <laughs> She's authentic. <laughs> there you go. You, you want to know one thing? It was really funny. I was trying to communicate with her, like, w- when we first started, and I'm like, I'm sending her messages, sending her messages, right? All this stuff. And no message is being replied. And I'm thinking, what happened here? Why is she ignoring me, right? Well, she was in Facebook jail. Always. She's always and in then, Facebook jail. <laughs> then she sends me an email and says, Here's my alter account that you can contact me now going forward. And oh, I'm my God. Only like, what? <laughs> it's because she's she bound was, against Facebook. She too. was being censored. <laughs> I was like, what the hell happened? I'm not surprised at all. So that's the kind of personalities I've brought on to the podcast because we need that, right? We need, like, a different personality. You can't have this dryness for the whole show. we got to have some sort of liveliness about it. Uh, well, I don't know what you were thinking with Gabby and I. I was thinking a lot. I was thinking a lot, <laughs> Chelsea. I, I thoroughly researched your head. So you guys, that's why you guys are here. That's nerve-wracking. I want to know what you found. 
Uh, uh, Gabby, uh, when I said Chelsea, I'm going to bring you on, and the, the first recommendation was, can we have Gabby on? <laughs> there we go. We're a good duo. <laughs> Like-minded right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you just called her a joker and like a joker kind of personality, so <laughs> I don't know. Um but uh, you know, I'm glad you guys are here. That's all I'm saying. Just glad to have personalities on the on the uh, on the field thing I can't here. control because that's literally, you know, your thing. You know, on the field it's your thing. You switch it off, but on mm-hmm. on the podcast it's no big deal. And, you know, Chelsea, you're a little salty sometimes, too, so you'll break out of the shell eventually, and maybe you'll be on equal levels as Mackenzie, as an example. Well, I, I learned from the best. I mean, yeah. I did play alongside Mackenzie a little bit. No way, you didn't, didn't really. I didn't know. Yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> I played against her. There's actually a picture of um, Mackenzie playing on Iowa. I'm playing in Wisconsin, and I was kicking an uh, extra point, and we, it looked like we are high-fiving after my extra point. Obviously not on purpose, but that's what it looks like. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we go back. So I learned from her. Small, small world. Very. The woman's world is not too large. Not at all. See, Gabby, you got this disclosure right here. Perfect disclosure here. And what's up? All right. Um, girls, let's talk about this uh, LNFA Feminina in Spain. If if you guys didn't get to watch it at the Hub, all the links were there via Twitch, via Facebook Live, via Oso mm-hmm. TV, via Rookie TV. Um Chelsea, seven on seven, we talked about it, fast-paced game, uh, very impactful. Uh, I feel sorry for the Saragossa Hurricanes who got routed 76-0 to zero by Valencia. But it happens, right, right. on seven on seven. If, if you're going to not have good de- defense on one side, the scoring just keeps coming. Absolutely. I mean, I've been there on both sides. It sucks, but you learn from it. How do you learn, Chelsea? Do you just bow your heads or you just go crying home or what? <laughs> I mean, I've do, I've been in both situations. Um, I think, well, it depends on what side. I mean, if you're the the team blowing people out, it's not, it's not necessarily fun. You want the competition. But if you're the one getting blown out, you got to figure out how to get to that next level. Like, you can't really be blown out like that. Um, you got to figure out how to get your entire team to be doing their jobs. And clearly, I mean, there was a break somewhere. So just figuring out what, what to fix and how to move forward, not necessarily like dwelling on it, but just trying to figure out how to learn from it. Gabby, what do you, what do you say to uh, Saragoza right now? Uh, after six weeks, they obviously did not, you know, have a great season. But what do you say to the you know if you're a coach what do you say at this point is it, like, is it fundamentals that you're not doing or is it effort because if you get routed seventy six to zero that's just not good. Yeah, um, I mean that could be a fault at any point. I haven't seen all of those games, so I can't really make an educated comment on it. But obviously, it's back to the drawing board and um, seeing what you know weaknesses are of the team and of certain players. And sometimes it's just one key fault, and sometimes it starts at the top. Because you know that saying, um, "Fish, uh, what's that word? Fish stinks from the head." Sometimes it's, yeah, it's uh, 
and I, I thought for Arnold. sure that they would rebound and try to get that, but Valencia's too good. Valencia was just so, so good on, on in terms of the uh, uh, you know the matchup that they had on there. Just and they're zero and five on the season, and that's their season pretty much. That was their season. So to end your season at getting routed seventy six to zero, probably not the greatest feeling in the world, but. I guess oh, you're going into yeah. the offseason thinking you got to get better, you know. Of course, you can't oh, yeah, that's that's when you start recruiting. One hundred percent. That's the hardest. So they part. were, uh, <laughs> Gabby. They were at forty-two to zero at halftime. <laughs> that's not good. Hmm. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, that it's, was not <laughs> yeah, it's not not a good feeling, not a good sight, because you want that back and forth. It's not even, you know. It's not that good, fun to watch a feeling being that player on the field or the coach wondering what 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 could you do to turn the game around because obviously that's where your head's at at halftime. But yeah, that's that's a tough situation to be in. So in in the end, uh, they're obviously going to learn from this. Hopefully, they'll get better at this point. Um, the good thing is, uh, Barbera rookies with uh, all world quarterback Monica Rafikas. Six touchdowns, Gabby. Two conversions. Okay, they they get the victory against uh, the Buffaloes, uh, where Sabrina Marcus three TD receptions, Alba Izquierdo three TD receptions, two receptions, one career run. Our own Allison uh, Rodriguez, our no joke football athlete, one one reception. Anna Fernandez two point conversions. Uh, looks to me like the rookies had it going on. It sounds like a crazy game. Oh, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, first half, 34 to 0. That They had it going on, right? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. So in the uh, second half, the Buffaloes really uh, got back on the scoreboard. Laura Alibert, two touchdowns. Lydia Granados, one touchdown. Sarah Martinez added a, a two-point conversion. That made it 40 to 20. So uh, the last TD of the, of the game was a connection between uh, Rafikas and Allison Rodriguez to seal the deal at 46 to 20. So Chelsea, um, Barbera rookies, probably the best team in Spain at this point on seven on seven. They are going to the playoffs. This is it. The the win puts them in the playoffs and in first place. That's amazing. That's awesome. I mean, just the, clearly their whole team showed up, showed out like they needed to, got them to where they, they wanted to go. The playoffs are obviously the goal, and they're there. All right. Uh, Buffalo is unfortunately uh, uh, mathematically eliminated. So they can't – they're not going to the semifinals, as they say, at this point. So their season is at 2-2, two and two, and then uh, they are uh, – in their standings, there are two two games behind the Firebats, who are 4-1. and one. So uh, they basically would have to win out the rest of the way, and that that just didn't happen. So, you know, uh, Buffalo goes off in the offseason just like Zaragoza does at this point. In the other side, Gabby, uh, Osa's Rivas, which you can watch it on Osos TV. Get the link right there at the hub. They took on Malaga Corsairs. Uh, they both played really good game. Uh, so, Gabby, this game was 21-18. to It was 6-0 in the first quarter. And then it was like 9-0 in the second, and then it was 12-12. And so it was a back and forth, as you said, more entertaining. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the kind of game that you want to watch as a, as a spectator and then also as a player. It's just like a fun, you know, you feel like you're in the game. So that's, that's really what matters when you're 
when you're out there. All right, Chelsea, the opening score drive was a really good uh, TD uh, by Lisbeth Bass. So that was the, the startup in a, on a breakaway, and that forced uh, Italian uh, Isabella Pelonzi, who was injured uh, later in the game but couldn't return. Um, and that was 6-2 to two with the safety. And then after that, uh, Asunesa Munoz, the quarterback, with the extra point. So that made it 9-6 at halftime. In the third quarter, Corsairs did come back to turn the game around 12 to nine with a touchdown by Elizabeth Bays. And then it was a pass from uh, Naira Martin uh, plus Munoz again. So 15 to 12. And in the last quarter, it was Elena Opopa uh, uphill for Cresceres 21 to 12. They just really couldn't make, you know, the comeback return on it. So uh, the Osos in their first season in the Spanish league are going to the playoffs. So that's really awesome. That sounds like a crazy back-and-forth game, like one score and another score. Sounds like a great game. It was really good. Um, the fourth quarter was really excellent. Uh, Shout-out to Malaga Corsairs for a really good competitive th- last two games. They were really edged in terms of a loss. So, you know, um, Chelsea, if you get into that situation, right, where you're almost there and you just end up losing by three points, five points, in the last three games to make the to make the playoffs and they, they you play competitive it just got to just like sit there and go okay well, I guess we've done some good things going into this and going to the off season. Yeah, that's one of the worst feelings in the world, but one of the things that I mean as a a true kicker at heart, special teams make you break break the game and I think that's when it comes down to it you got to focus on the small parts, not just the offense defense. Gabby, what do, you, what do you say of that? I mean, back and forth, and, in, and at the end, you just can't seem to muster or, or get you get the win, basically. You played well, but you couldn't. I mean, football's a crazy game, so you can lose in double overtime and feel like you earned that, earned a mm-hmm. win, but you got pulled short. It's a game of inches and yards, so any any one mistake can be a detriment to your team at the end of the at the end of the game. So that's all things that we need to focus on and like as of taking ownership for every moment that you get on a field. So that's, I think that games like that really show the importance of those moments or just, you know, practicing training as a team individually, all those things. The last game uh, in Spain was Harbados Trescanos getting their first win Chelsea of the season, beating the trucks of Cascalda uh, 40 to 30, the win it was on Twitch. TV, so you guys can watch the replay there too. The game was fast-paced, uh, really. Uh, first quarter at, tw- at 13 to 12, halftime it was 24 to 26. So this was a neck and neck. That's awesome, especially as their first win. I mean, it's all about that competition. You got to pull it out, and they did it. So in the third quarter, uh, Gabby, it was 33 to 30. So there you go, nail biter. Uh, it was not until the final uh, minutes where they managed to kind of get the win in, in, in conclusion. So Alba Morales with five TDs led the truckers off, while Sarah Munoz four TDs and Angela Bone two uh, for the Trescondo team. So congratulations to the Habatos. Yes, standout players there. Congratulations to them. That's amazing. It's a huge, a large so just, accomplishing game. So just so you guys know, 
we are uh, like number two trending on, in terms of Spain, in terms of football, and we're right there in the top like 100 in the Europe scene as well. So that's the reason we try to make you know light of all these players because some of those players are actually listening to us in terms of okay. in Europe as well. So, so that's why we bring that's them up awesome. and stuff. And uh, shout out to FIFA Spain es for the recap really appreciate them doing the recap for all the women's games uh they do a really good job at that so i really appreciate that yeah we need to get on top of these uh spain games more often it sounds like some crazy games that we need to tune into more yeah Absolutely. so if you I'm missed very it excited. on the hub go to the hub guys if you missed it go to the hub oh we're going to the hub on the hub <laughs> you go to the hub. Um, they have a, a really nice uh, uh, setup over in Spain, where the you know the men's teams and the juniors and the uh, women's teams they all get supported the same way with coverage. So I think that's awesome, right? Only in the United States we don't do that. I, don't, I have no idea why we don't do that, but you know what I mean. Well, we're doing it. We're doing it wrong, clearly. Clearly, we're doing it wrong. I've heard that. Even in Australia, we do it. Yeah, in Australia, I've heard in Finland um, that. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, oh, in Italy too. Italy also. Well, mm-hmm. they have to America to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a one one organization with three levels of support, which is really what happened. That's what it. You know, the one and organization. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I don't understand why we wouldn't do it that way. I don't know why we don't do it, but, uh, you know, we don't have NCAA backing. Uh, apparently the NFL doesn't feel like that's necessary. You know what I mean? It's like all these questions in the state. Yeah, we're we're screwing it up over here. We need to fix that. Chelsea, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough money well, for all this, okay? Yeah, right. I don't believe that. <laughs> we don't have enough billions and trillions, okay, to make all this right. happen. Well, maybe we'll get there. Yeah, I'm. I'm just like I, I get blown away, right? Ever since I started covering the sport, I go overseas, I network with all these people, and then here they are. You know, the three branches of, of support, and you sit there and you you come to America, and you're like, what? The WFA isn't supported by pro football? <laughs> it's like what? It's crazy. I mean, like, it do is. they do they support the um, women's sports? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a three-tier, three-tier system um, over there. It's like every club is required to have, you know, a supportive tier. So if you want so to do women's sports. Yeah, exactly, all sports. Oh, wow. See, they just don't like women over here. <laughs> that's what it is. There's a salty coming out of it. Oh, I'm salty. I mean, talk NCAA tournament, I'm salty. They clearly don't don't care about women's sports over here. I I tell I think they care. They don't care enough to fund it. Would that be there the you statement? Go. Yeah, that's a better <laughs> statement. You're right. <laughs> they care a little bit, just not enough. <laughs> not enough to fund it, right? Well, uh, yeah, we love you, but uh, we don't want to cut the check. We're good. Yeah. Well, literally, how one day will be worth that check. I think it'll be very, 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 very soon. Uh, we have a lot of good uh, spearheads going right now, so I think that's going to be great. Um, so the playoffs, girls, in Spain, 
Uh, we, it's going to be, I think, another 10 days. We will cover it wall-to-wall, everything, and you guys know where it's at, at the Hub. So if you got to go, go to the Hub. You get the lowdown right there. You get the article that we just read up on and give you the insights mm-hmm. on. So it was really, really cool. All right, uh, Gabby, any news? Uh, what happened to your Zoom? Was it productive? You were on that Zoom call with uh, Andrea and Jen King and Lisa King. Yeah, um, it was actually really good. We spoke to a large group of young women from seventh to twelfth grade, and we just shared some insight about, you know, having a career in as a female athlete. As women football players, um, Jen King obviously spoke from her perspective as an NFL coach. They, uh, the girls actually engaged with um, questions. So it was really cool to hear, as always, um, listen to Jen King speak of her experiences because she has the experience as a college basketball coach. And Lisa King obviously is the commissioner of the WFA. Um, she She shared a lot of what what she has experienced, kind of where how she got to her um, position now. And I got to share a little bit about my experiences as a football player and football, youth, youth tackle football coach and just how I'm more boots on the ground and trying to help um, more youth organizations um, here on Long Island and in, in New York. So that's, it was fun sharing those, um, those stories and listening to the other women speak. Really love being on those opportunities or included in those opportunities because Andra is um, amazing and she's still very much involved in the women's football world, even though she's not a, um, you know, the New York Sharks owner anymore. Well, she is actually, but that is that is what's new and exciting in that realm. Well, it seems like it was a very interesting uh, panel because that's what we really need, you know, uh, bring more awareness about how the sport exists and uh, the history of the sport and how it's evolving and how we're making the moves and changes as well. So it's really nice to have different perspectives on, on one panel. Absolutely. I think that was the, um, how we were all chosen was like the different, um, how we contribute, contribute differently to the sport that we all came from, which is very interesting. Awesome. Um, Chelsea, we had uh, DC Divas announce uh, Ken Harvey, former player from the uh, Washington Redskins, will be on the advisory board. So um, it looks like Rich Daniels is, is really demanding uh, himself in trying to get everybody in the DC area to, to either contribute or help him out with, you know, how to grow the DC branding. I think that's huge. I mean, it sounds like DC has a lot of ties to the NFL at this point, and I think that's going to be huge not only for them as an organization, but for the WFA as a whole. Yeah, and then they, they had, what, Gus Farratt? We announced, I think, last week or the week before, Gus Farratt was also going to be on the advisory board. So Ken Harvey announced on there. Um, if you don't follow us for some odd reason, I have no idea what you're doing, either sleeping, all right? <laughs> so, But if you don't follow us, you know, you can always follow us and you get the lowdown before the podcast. You go to the Hub, you go to Twitter, you go to Instagram, Wherever you got to go, so you can you can follow us. The best network on the planet exists at the hub, people. That's it. Just like Nate says, if you're not at the hub, you're just crazy right now. That's a fact. <laughs> Amazing. So, 
Right, Gabby, you said, right, you, you keep tabs on at the Hub, right, for latest news. So we're doing the work to try to bring us information. Where else are you going to get the news on women's tackle football? You're going to get it right there at the Hub, front and center yep, every week. Hub. Yep, consistent flow of information constantly. That's what we're here for. All right. Um, what I want to do is give a shout-out to a couple people. Monkey Knife Fight primarily because they're our, our podcast sponsors. You guys are uh, sporting your Monkey Knife Fight gear just like I am and Mac was, and Mac put up her, her post out there as well. $5 play up to a $50 match, okay? It's a really simple platform. You, if you want to play Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, PGA, golf, USC, whatever you want to play, there's simple prop games there. You can make up to three times your money. So if you put in five dollars, you can make. If you get everything right, you can get it up to. You get thirty dollars. You put in five hundred dollars. Obviously, you're going to make fifteen hundred dollars. So quick way to make some dough. If you're bored and watching sports and you like sports, there it is. Monkey knife fight. Use the code NJF. So uh, how's the gear, uh, girls? Pretty good. I'm wearing my shirt right now. Same. All right. Uh, it's a very comfortable shirt. It's very cute. Very cute. Yeah, Monkey Night Fight, uh, big sponsor for us. We had uh, uh, Zazzle before that, so really, really appreciate them uh, supporting us and bringing awareness to women's tackle football. So if you don't have Monkey Night Fight in your state, uh, you can check it out. Go to monkeynightfight.com. You can get the link there as to what states are participating. If not, share the link, share the post, and then uh, get somebody else to make some quick dough on there. So uh, I go on there all the time, girls, because I'm on the DSF world anyways. So uh, you can, you know, like I said, you can make some quick money. You know, you can make up to quick $300 on your favorite sport if you get every, get, guess everything right. I do more or less because it's pretty simple for me. So you can make some quick money. Help yourself out. Help us out. Support the podcast. Keep the awareness going week to week for us as well. So pretty awesome platform. All right. Um, what else? Oh, 25% off at the No Joke Football Shop today only. So uh, no rush. No rush. It's only today only. I already placed my order. Awesome. Thanks, Chelsea. Really appreciate it. Uh, If you guys are going to order on the international site, uh, just go to the links. Uh, If you're in Europe, uh, Zazzle.com, Zazzle.com, UK, uh, you can go there and you can get it quicker overseas as well. So uh, check it out. 25% off today only at the Nordic Football Shop. So check it out right there. Um, Gabby, anything else that I maybe missed before we get out of here? No, I, I got to cover everything that I, I wanted to talk about. Thank you so much. All right. Chelsea, any news that maybe I didn't talk about or maybe I missed or something you want to throw out there? Um, not that I can think of right now. I'll probably think of something when we hang up, but <laughs> we'll bring it on next time. All right. Uh, so we want to thank uh, the WNFC inaugural MVP Rashawn Gore for coming in the house and Chelsea Sean awesome right representative for the sport uh badass baller and uh looking to be a two-time champion in the WNFC oh yeah true trailblazer right there um although I'm gonna be the hater I kind of hope they go down All right, uh, the salty came out of you right there. She she already figured that out. She figured that, hey, she figured you weren't really rooting for. Her. They they look like they need a little competition. Maybe maybe losing a game or two might help them out. All right, so 
So I'm not going to say anything here because I'll get in trouble and we'll have Odessa here in another week. <laughs> so I want to be neutral, but Chelsea's saying go Utah. That's literally what she just yeah, said. <laughs> well, see, I'm salty with Utah, too, so I'm not sure. I think I need somebody else. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> I hate everyone. Uh, <laughs> and we got we don't miss you, Mac. We don't miss you, Mac. We just need, we need to get Chelsea <laughs> to get louder. <laughs> no, we need, we need Mac and I together. That would be a that would oh, be good. <laughs> I, I, I'm scared of that. When she gets back, I'm scared of that. <laughs> You should be. <laughs> I, I hope we don't get censored off the airwaves. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> we might. <laughs> All right. Gabby, how do you deal with that? I don't know, but we'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> That's all you can do. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, you guys, don't forget, go to the hub, uh, the place to be, facebook.com forward slash grid iron beauties. Check it out. Get the lowdown on everything that's happened in the sport. Get the rundown on the recaps of the LNFA Feminina. We're going to get the preview for the finals right there. Then the anticipation for WFA kickoff 2021, WNFC kickoff 2021. So I know the Wolves are not playing this season, but they are obviously our branding supporters. Right, girls? WFA. Go WFA 2021. Yeah. Yep. So who's your uh, alternate team since your team is not playing? Is it D.C., Boston, Pittsburgh? Or Pittsburgh's not playing either, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh's not playing either. So. Definitely who's the not team? Boston. <laughs> can't, can't go Boston. I guess I put you in a pickle, see? I put you in a pickle on these coasts. I'm, I'm going to go You're going to pick a West Coast team, right? You're going to pick a West Coast team, the Kelly War. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with them. That sounds good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby, you going Cali War? Oh, hmm. your adopted team for the season. <laughs> You're gonna get in trouble, right? On the on the on the on the group board. What? I thought you wanted to. I'm gonna go, I... I'm gonna go DC just because of Jen King. We'll do that. Aww. Okay, so you go DC. Yeah, have... There's the Washington Prodigy as well. Oh yeah. Well, that's WNFC. Yeah. Oh my God. Wrong league. They jumped. So it would be it would be Baltimore Nighthawks, right? Ooh, that's even worse. <laughs> uh, okay. I can't. I can't. Well, you guys just got in trouble. We got to get out of here. So I don't want to get you in yep. trouble even more. <laughs> All right, for the opposite, for the opposite, Nate Ward, the opposite, Mackenzie uh, Brooks, and for the Hall of Famer uh, Chelsea Alt and uh, Gabby Farrell and Oscar Lopez, saying catch you here next week for three sixty nine. Have a great night, everybody. Have a good one. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.